0: Gamecocks Now! It's the ultimate USC sports newsletter. Get inside access to all Carolina sports year-round. Written by Post and Courier reporter David Kloniger, Gamecocks Now includes insights and experience from his over 20 years on the beat. You won't find this from anyone else. Plus subscribers get access to all Carolina and Clemson sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two week free trial today at postandcourier.com slash Now! Hi, this is Gene Sapikoff, sports columnist and college sports editor of the Charleston Post and Courier with another edition of Countdown to Kickoffs starring David Kloniger, the Post and Courier's ace, University of South Carolina beat writer. And you can check out David's tremendous newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now, David, let's get right into it. How about an update on all these injuries for the Gamecocks, particularly on defense?
1: Oh, Gene, that's mostly where all the injuries are are on defense. Um, and pretty much, it's a wait and see on everybody. Shane Beamer classified all of them as questionable uh, last week, but right now, there were uh, for last week's game, there were five defensive starters and one key backup who weren't going to play. We know that two of those guys, Jordan Strawn and Mo Cobble, will not return. They're both out for the year, so they're really waiting on the other four. And then, of course, last week, as well of the guys that did play, you had three more defensive guys, two starters and a, and a top backup, also going out with injuries. So all those guys are questionable. We'll see if they're able to play on Saturday. I'm thinking a best case would be Half of them will be ready to play. But offensively, uh, Corey Rucker, the receiver from Arkansas State, who we heard a lot about, he came in, he had a foot injury in preseason, so he hasn't played the first three weeks. He practiced yesterday and looked good, so he should be out on the field uh, Saturday against Charlotte. And David Christian Beal
0: Smith, the running back who transferred from Wake Forest. In fact, he was the Deacons' leading rusher when Wake – won the Atlantic division and played in the ACC championship game last year is Christian Beale Smith who got a little bit more on the field action last week against Georgia. How is he physically?
1: Uh, physically, he's fine, Gina. He's healthy and ready to go. They're just trying to get him some more snaps, some ways to get more involved. Uh, obviously, they're using Marshawn Lloyd, the starting running back, as their RB1 and also as a guy who can catch some passes out of the backfield. I don't know if they'll use that particular uh, style for Beal Smith, but right now the Gamecocks offense, Gene, as you've seen, it's full of so many holes and questions. It's just a case of like, they've got to worry about getting something sustained offensively before they can start saying, okay, well, we can do this with this guy. They've got to get this offense in gear. This season's going to be over before it starts.
0: David, I think you're right. And, and to that point, let's talk about uh, Spencer Rattler a little bit. You know, I think a lot of things in life are about expectations, David. If, if you think the restaurant, you've heard it's going to be excellent and it's just very good. Sometimes you're disappointed if you've heard the movie is very good and it's, it's average, you, you know, you, you think it's bad. Let's look at Spencer Rattler. If you didn't know what his name was or that he had played at Oklahoma and had a 15-2 and two record uh, there as a starting quarterback and just some guy that was number seven, uh, does that make any difference in how you might evaluate him to this point?
1: Well, sure, Gene. I mean, it wasn't just Spencer Rattler, a new quarterback coming into South Carolina. It was Heisman Trophy hopeful, Spencer Rattler, you know, the guy who was Big 12 freshman of the year, Spencer Rattler. And uh, the reason why he lost his job at Oklahoma last year was not because of talent. It was because he kept turning the ball over. Now, he's turning the ball over an awful lot here at South Carolina. And I'll go ahead and say it. Yes, Luke Doty played well last week, but Spencer Rattler is in no danger of losing his job. Okay, none, at least not right away. But he needs to play better, and I think he knows he needs to play better. He's throwing a lot of these interceptions off of his back foot uh, you know not particularly really on the run he's just kind of lofting them and not putting his foot down and really leaning into that throw you see that he's making some passes the 46 uh, yarder he dialed down the sideline to Jaheen Bell last week was absolutely perfect but then he tries to sneak a pass over a 6-1 corner to a 5-7 receiver I thought mm. as Steve Spurrier used to say boy, what, why'd you throw that, you know? So there's something going on there, whether it's a little uh, shyness maybe, whether it's uh, being pressing to do better, whether it's just saying like, I don't know if I can trust my line to block for me this long. Spencer so mister Rottler's got to play better because they can work around you if you're a little erratic, a little inconsistent. They can't help you if you throw the ball to the other team. And right now, Gene, he's had three games. He's got five picks and two touchdowns. That's just not going to get it done.
0: Yeah, you're right, David. Thirty-two point six QBR according to ESPN. That's not mm. in the top one hundred for college football quarterbacks in FBS. Uh, David, I'm uh, in the camp that would say you don't make too much of the Georgia State game, and you also on the complete on the other end, you don't take- make too much of the Georgia game. And I, I keep looking at that Arkansas game. If Spencer Rattler hits two open receivers on deep balls, maybe he throws for 400 yards instead of 300 plus. And we're having some different thoughts. And and that was a tremendous point you just made. And uh, I know you're always making astute points there, but the back foot thing was part of that too, I think. Um, Do you think the Arkansas performance is more of what he could become going forward, not necessarily against Charlotte or SC state, but we're talking Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, et cetera.
1: Well, I'm thinking that's definitely what USC wants him to be. Uh, you know, they think that they've got this all-world talent here. He's got a really good arm, can make a lot of good decisions. So naturally, they want to emphasize that. Of course, it's SEC football, Gene. You've been around it, you know, so long as well as me. Uh, and you you know that's a line of scrimmage league. you got to run the football to succeed. But you don't necessarily have to have the run as your bread and butter. I think South Carolina would love to have that if it were the case, but it's just not going to be the case. They can't block well enough to open up consistent holes for the running game. They want to have it as a piece of their overall offense, while the main slice of the pie, Gene, is the passing game. So, uh, you know, of course, in Arkansas, they were down, was it 21 nothing early, 21-3 early? They were down a lot, you know, and they had to throw the ball to get back in the game. Uh, that's, I think, what they want to have to do when Spencer Rattler's got the talent to do it. Uh, The main thing, though, is like, look, it's just it's got to get a lot better because the production right now is not matching the game plan. You can see when Spencer Rattler's on, it looks really good. But when he's off, as he has not been great the past two weeks, it's mm, just don't know what you're going to be able to work with if he's going to keep playing like this.
0: Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff. I'm Gene Sapikoff of the Post and Courier, college football sports editor and sports columnist. As always, with David Kloniger, outstanding uh, uh, Gamecocks beat reporter for the Post and Courier. And you can subscribe to David's really cool newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks. Now, David, as you... uh, surely recall last week we had a very important and pertinent discussion on roadkill in the SEC and which were the most interesting states for roadkill. You stood up strong for Florida citing the pythons. I kind of leaned toward Arkansas because of some weasels and baby hogs that I saw on the road last week. Now I would like to go off script a little bit and ask you, speaking of roadkill, What SEC coaches, if any, do you think uh, are on the hot seat right now? I think I can think of one Mm. that is in the SEC West, and uh, it's not Nick Saban. Um, Aside from Brian Harsin at Auburn, do do you see anybody else that's even close to the hot seat?
1: Well, obviously, Gene, I mean, we just talking about head coaches here because uh, if South Carolina fans had their way, there might be some assistant coaches on that list. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Brian Harson came in to this season with two and a half strikes against him. Getting his uh, butt handed to him by Penn State at home is not gonna help matters, but there's a lot of season left. Um, outside of that, Gene, I think that everybody else is pretty much established or is, is still too new uh, to really call anybody on a hot seat. I mean, everybody's pretty much playing uh, up to expectations right now. So Brian Harson at Auburn leads the charge. Of course, there's a, a lot of guys left. I mean, wouldn't suggest that Brian Kelly lose too many more games, although he's not going to get fired this year. But as we all know, you you can't lose too many games at LSU and expect to keep your job. You know, that's kind of like losing to Vanderbilt. That happens and you're out. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's always an interesting league. Uh, what was it, six new coaches that came in over the past two years, maybe even this year. So there's always going to be turnover, but right now it's – uh. Uh, the, the way they eat their own down on the plains is going to claim themselves another victim pretty soon.
0: I think you're right, David. And uh, maybe one slight addition there is Mike Leach probably better not lose a third straight egg bowl. <laughs> and uh, I really like him and his innovation over the years. And, you know, it's a tough loss. Against LSU, but I I, I think the Bulldogs can bounce back. Let's talk back to the Gamecocks here. What do you have to see or want to see against Charlotte on Saturday um, from South Carolina, the game within the game, what really needs to stick out there?
1: Well, Gene, I mean, we're we're not blind or deaf to what's going on in South Carolina this week. I mean, a lot of questions about the offense is almost there. Almost always are. Uh, we thought this was approached last year when they won three games or three times in five games to end the season, and in all of those, the offense looked pretty good. And you thought, well. You know, I figured it out. They they had four quarterbacks. You know, it's tough. to. But this year they don't have those problems, yet the offense has been looking pretty ragged, even when they played some pretty good defenses. So for the Charlotte uh, matchup specifically, Gene, here's South Carolina's offense that has not been performing well. Charlotte's defense, statistically, is the worst in FBS football. They're giving up 563.8 yards per game. What's got to happen? That offense has got to look good and got to look great against a defense that, by the numbers, should not be able to stop them. If they struggle and you know, perish the thought they actually lose this game, it's not going to be a real pleasant atmosphere around the football building next week.
0: David, let's look ahead a little bit at the rest of the SEC schedule after Charlotte and SEC State. Of course, the Gamecocks on October 8th have a big one at Kentucky and how that schedule kind of evolves week to week based on how the teams are doing. Florida had looked so good, you know, coming coming off a win against Utah suddenly. I mean, they were lucky to beat South Florida, which is a terrible team. I mm-hmm. think Jeff Scott's getting fired there. But, um, you know, how does that schedule look now compared to how it looked before the openers?
1: Well, I I think it's really about the same, Gene. I mean, there's still, for South Carolina's consideration, there's still five wins left on this schedule, if not more, to attain bowl eligibility. And I say that because you look at Missouri and Vanderbilt. Both teams are not real good. Missouri's coming here. They play on the road at Vanderbilt. Then, uh, you know, not counting your non-conference games, You do have Florida, which I've said from the beginning. They've got a true talent at quarterback in Anthony Richardson, but they're not that good of a team around him. This is still the leftover from the Dan Mullen era. um, I'm sorry, Billy Napier is getting it going down there. He's getting some recruiting. Those guys don't come in until next year. So Florida is very beatable. Tennessee, they've got that high-octane offense, and it's very good, but it's still the same word on them. If you can get a couple of stops early, you can beat them because their defense is not going to be able to slow down your offense. So it's a tougher game to win, but you can still win that. Uh, Obviously Kentucky on the road, it was going to be difficult anyway. It got a little harder once it became apparent that Chris Rodriguez will be eligible to play in that game, and that gives him their best running back back uh, to compliment Will Levis at QB, because if you paid attention to Kentucky so far, Gene, they've won three games, but their running game has been non-existent without Rodriguez in the lineup. So he will be back when the Gamecocks go up to the bluegrass. And, uh, you know, then there's the always popular A&M game, which – you can say right now, well, they're not that good, and you'd be right. But you can also say, I mean, they've been not been great. A lot of the times USC's played them and USC still hasn't beaten them. So I couldn't ever call that a win until it actually happens. But there are still five wins left on this schedule, if not more, to get bowl eligibility. But you got to score to win, Gene. And it's always just going to come back to being does South Carolina have its offensive issues? solved put on the back burner whatever so they can go score those points and win these games
0: okay it's that time of countdown to kickoff week when we get to the ever popular david cloniger score pick david south carolina a 22 point favorite over the charlotte 49ers coming into williams bryce stadium on saturday night your thoughts
1: uh, Charlotte's gotten a lot healthier. They beat a Georgia state team that South Carolina also beat, but Charlotte put up 42 points on Georgia state while USC put up 35 and two of those were block punch returned for touchdowns. So I think Charlotte got a lot healthier still the talent differential should be significant. So I'm thinking South Carolina 38 20, but I think it might be a close game for the majority of the ball game. However, the Gamecocks should be able to win this game and get back to 500.
0: All right. For Gene Sapikov, college sports editor and sports columnist of the Charleston Post and Courier, I thank David Kloniger. And uh, like I said before, uh, check out David's uh, Gamecock newsletter at postandcouriercom slash Gamecocks now. And we will see you next week when we will talk about the Gamecocks against the SC State Bulldogs.